All right, open your Bibles to 1 Peter chapter 4. 1 Peter chapter 4. And look at verse 8. 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 8. And above all things, have fervent charity among yourselves. Now, we spend a lot of time teaching on charity. Charity is the pinnacle of Christian disciplines. Charity is the ultimate demonstration of spiritual maturity. And charity is not giving your stuff. Charity is giving yourself. So charity is investing your life in other people. That's what charity is. And so the passage says, above all things. Now, when it says above all things, what do you think that means? In the Greek. Let me tell you what that means in the Greek. Above all things. That, that's the most important one. For a Christian, for a lost person, the most important thing is to get saved. To place your faith and trust in Jesus Christ alone for your eternal life. That's the most important decision you will ever make because that's the decision that affects your eternity. For a believer, the most for a saved person, a person who is born again, the most important thing to do is to have fervent charity. And I know that because it says, and above all things, have fervent charity. Now notice what it says. What are those next two words? Read them out loud for me. Wow. Jesus said, You'll, they'll know you're my disciples by your love one for another. Right? We're to demonstrate that kind of love by the, uh, the who we are, our Christianity, because we have fervent charity among ourselves. And uh, let me, I'll, I'll, I want to start preaching, but I've got to finish reading the, the text, okay? So, and above all things, have fervent charity among yourselves, for charity shall cover the multitude of sins. What, what does that mean? Do we want to cover sin? No, we put up with each other. When we have charity, we understand that, man, I'm not all that great myself. But when we come together as a team, all of a sudden we have a tremendous ability to minister for Christ. And I know that all of us feel like, like we have weaknesses. Like you, you want to do more for the Lord, but you know that you are limited personally. We all experience that. That's why the team concept is vital in ministry. And it is the biblical concept. All right. So charity shall cover the multitude of sins. And how are we going to do this? Verse nine, use hospitality. Now, what are those next three words? Use hospitality one to another. So before we can impact out there, we've got to be doing right in here. Is that fair? Because we are better equipped to reach people out there when we're doing what we're supposed to in here. Because when all of us are doing what we are supposed to do, we each grow more. We need each other. All right? So use hospitality one to another. And then what is this, right? What's the next two words? Let's just meditate on that for a minute. Because here's... I think one way that grudging happens in ministry is when not enough people are working. Is that fair? You know, many hands make light work. It's just true. It is true. So the best way that we can do this without grudging is, number one, let's not grudge. And then number two, let's all do our part so there's less to grudge about, <laughs> okay? So look at what it says. Use hospitality one to another without grudging. And then verse 10. As every man hath received the gift. What is the gift? Well, the gift of eternal life, gift of salvation. But more than that, God has gifted each of us spiritually. How many of you are born again? You know Jesus Christ is your Savior. 
Well, then God has specifically gifted you to serve in the local church. And the church will never function properly without all of us using our gifts, the gifts that God has given us. So as you have received the gift, if you're saved, you've gotten a gift. As you have received the gift, look at what it says. As every man hath received the gift, even so minister the same uh, one to another, look it, as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. As good stewards of the manifold grace of God. So manifold, that's plain. It's made plain. Everybody sees it. Everyone has received grace. We, we all, if you're saved, you have received grace. If you're not saved, you have received grace because you're alive and you have the opportunity to hear that Jesus Christ is Lord. So we've all received gift, gifts. We have all received grace. Since we've all received grace, let's minister. Let's be good stewards of that. What does it mean to be a good steward? It means that you have a responsibility and you fulfill that responsibility. If you're on the security team and it's your day to be by that door, be by that door. And if you can't be there, find somebody else on the security team to take your place. Don't just assume someone else will show up. That's being a good steward. And that's the same for any team. If you have a responsibility, it's your responsibility to be there. Be a good steward. And if you can't be there, get a hold of somebody and replace them. So Laura or Justin makes the nursery list and you can't make it to the nursery. And so what you do is you call Justin or, or, or Laura. No, you find somebody else to do that. It's your responsibility to find a replacement, not the person who makes the list. That's a steward. That's understanding your responsibility. Okay. The, what we're trying to do is spread the labor around so all of us can labor with joy. And that's the way that we want to do it. Not grudgingly, but with joy. So look at what it says again in verse 10. As every man hath received the gift, even so minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Look at verse 11. If any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God. Holy cow. When I'm preaching, that's a serious thing. What are the oracles of God? The people that God gave the Bible to. That's a serious thing. When you're discipling somebody, you are speaking as the oracles of God. When you're teaching a Sunday school class, you are speaking as an oracle of God. How's that for authority? Maybe we ought to take it seriously. How many of you think some stewardship is involved there? Right? We're starting to see the seriousness of this team ministry. If any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God. Look at this. If any man minister. So some of you are, how many of you would say, I'm not a speaker? Would you raise your hand? This is not my, talking publicly is not my thing. Oh, Rania, come on. I know that you love public speaking almost as much as your husband. Yes. If you don't know, Ed Bermond, Klaus, you don't like public speaking. I can tell that. All right, so this idea of speaking, well, God calls people to do that. Uh, I think I came out of the womb talking. <laughs> Some of you wish I would shut up. Talking's not a problem for me. Being, having something to say might be a problem, but the actual talking's not a problem. That's why you're not called to do that. I'm called to do that. All of us are called to minister. You see, look at, the, look at in verse 11 again. If any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God. If any man minister, let him do it as of the ability which God giveth. And if you're saved, God has given you a gift to do something in the church. Use that ability for God. 
don't go, about, uh, uh, don't go around your ability. If you don't see well, we don't want you shooting people who break into the church. How many of you think that's probably a good standard to have? Is that good? You, you don't have the ability to do that. Is that fair? If you don't like kids, if you hate children, let's not have you in the children's ministry. Because God's not giving you the ability. Some of you love kids. I mentioned in our Sunday school class that the day I, we watched, my, my wife watched Stacy Wendell walk into a children's Sunday school class, and she immediately had those kids, what they were supposed to do. God has given her an ability, and so it's good to have her in the children's ministry. So she's ministering as God has given her ability. Dave Spicer, God has given him the ability to train, and he really does train the whole county and many other counties in how to protect churches. He's the guy they send to teach how to protect churches, and God brought him to us. How cool is that? Isn't that awesome? God's given him that ability. He's giving that ability to the church. God has given Chad an amazing ability for organization. That's how he's become fire chief of the city of Sydney. He has a lot of organizational stuff. He has a lot of organizational training that he's had. Well, he's bringing that to the church. He has the ability. How many of you are not organized? Be honest. You're just not organized. My hand is up. All right? So, Sabrina, we're not putting you in charge of team ministry. All right? Is anyone a better welcomer than Sabrina Bradshaw? No. So she's right where she needs to be. Isn't that wonderful? And so we're putting people, the sad thing is Jeff stands next to her. You're on opposite sides, okay, so you don't diminish her in that capacity. Okay, good. Um, so, again, look at what it says, middle of verse 11. If any man minister, let him do it as of the ability which God giveth. Look at Why? That God in all things may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom be praise and dominion forever and ever. How is God glorified in the church when we're all doing what we're supposed to do? So let's look at some things. I want us to talk about what it means to be a welcoming church and what it means to, uh, to make this first impression so important. So here's a question. Are we a welcoming church? Are we a welcoming church? Most of us would answer yes. Yes, we would, because our friends are here. I know that I enjoy coming here. When I'm, whenever we're gone, I always enjoy coming here because I think you people are better than the people I was just speaking to. I like you guys. <laughs> it's, just, it's fun. You're my friends. My friends are here. I've been here almost 25 years now. You, you are my friends. You are the people that I enjoy being around. All right, so, so of course we're friendly. We can mess around with each other, and, and it's fun, and we enjoy being here, of course. We, we love to be here, and we hate to leave. And so the, the poor deacons, that it's their responsibility to turn off the lights and lock the doors, and you, you people won't go home. That's a good thing. It's a wonderful thing that you all want to be together and that this is where we come for fellowship. It's a blessing. As a matter of fact, I think the, the Georges, one of the reasons they came to our church was because people would hang out after the church service, and that's, that's what they liked. That's what they were used to from their, their old church. And so that made them very comfortable here. That's a good thing. That is a good thing. The question is, are we welcoming to our guests or just to one another? That's a different thing. How many of you recognize that's a different thing? Right? Uh, I went and did a conference at a church. The pastor didn't talk to me. I didn't know where I was supposed to sit. But I, I had no idea what I was supposed to do in this meeting. No one in the church talked. I'm the guest speaker. 
They've been advertising this thing forever. It's a big meeting on their calendar. I walked in, no one spoke to me. And so I was offended and left. No, I didn't do it. <laughs> Tom Rayner, church consultant, he wrote the book, Becoming a Welcoming Church. He surveyed church visitors and registered complaints and compliments. This is important. So let's start with the complaints. Complaint number one, guests see the stand and greet time in the worship service as unfriendly and awkward. Now, now we like it because we get to go and see our friends. Here's what someone said. When I first saw this response coming in by the hundreds, this is Rainer, I was surprised. And as I dug deeper, I discovered there were two issues with the stand and greet time. First, some guests just felt awkward with the exercise. It seemed to be a ritual more for the members than the guests. Isn't this good to hear? Yeah. I'm glad three of you thought that that was good to hear. (laughs) Second, a number of guests did not mind the stand and greet time, but they either felt left out during the welcome, or but they felt left out during the welcome. Either they were totally ignored, or they were inundated with what they perceived were superficial greetings. Are you starting to see how important you are? You. The person they meet. If you are the only person that guest meets, you are Grace Baptist Church to that person. You're important. You're important. Complaint number two. Guests feel church members are unfriendly. Now, honestly, when we first came to Grace Baptist Church, it was unfriendly. Now, y'all were friendly to us, but it was a, this was a very difficult... Every People who moved to the area, it wasn't only the church, it was the entire community. It was tough to break into the community. How many of you have heard that before? You've heard that before. People, n- none of you have heard that before? Yeah, especially people who move in here from another community. It's tough. This is a tough place. Now, we've overcome a lot of that here at the church. And it's a blessing. You guys are doing a great job, but we need to do better. That's why the first impression teams, team is so important. Again, Tom Reiner, most church members do not view themselves as unfriendly, but they do not see themselves from the perspective of church guests. They don't usually speak to guests because they don't know them. And, and, and here's why they don't. Some of you, you don't like talking to people you don't know, and so you assume they don't want to talk to somebody they don't know. So by not talking to them, you're actually helping them. But if you're the only person they know, they meet at Grace Baptist, and you don't talk to them, what's their impression of Grace Baptist? That we are unfriendly. And the church members usually retreat to the comfort of the holy huddles of the people they do know. Man, we've got to work at it. We've got to work at it. Complaint three, guests feel like members use insider language. Listen to the words in the worship service of your church. Listen to the announcements. Listen to the sermon. Listen to the casual conversations. Now, we try not to do this, but if we said, hey, One Way is getting together later, and and Epic is going to be, and they're going to be saying, One Way and Epic, what are you talking about? What is that? So we use our own lingo, and they don't know what we're talking about. I mentioned saved a minute ago, and notice I stopped and said, what do we mean by saved? That you've placed your faith and trust in Jesus Christ alone for your eternal life. We can't just use use spiritual language and assume that everyone in the building knows what we're talking about. We need to make sure that our, our language includes our guests. Our members are saying things that a first-time guest, or our members saying things that a first-time guest would not understand. Well, that's what church guests told us. So you have a greeter, and somebody walks in, you say, oh, you, you ought to go to Epic. And they don't have any idea what you're talking about. Does, how many of you follow what I'm saying right here? 
Got to use clear language. They said that they left some churches thinking that much of the language was foreign and filled with acronyms. Complaint number four, members tell guests they were there in the wrong pure chair. Can you imagine? You come, you come to, somebody comes to church, a guest comes to church. You're in my seat. Can you imagine doing that to somebody? I, I think that firing squad is the only answer for that. I think guillotine, time to bring it back. Members still kiss. <laughs> Here's another problem, bad information. There, there's no designate, designated place to get information about the church. That's why we have made sure that we, are, we have uh, welcome areas in both lobbies, but we also have to make sure that we have greeters at all of the entrances, and here's, again, here's what happens. Well, that entrance is not really used during this service. And guests know that how? You know that in a particular service that going in entrance number two might not be the best way to get into that. But what if you're a guest and you don't know that? Do you see how we order things for the people that are already here? You follow what I'm saying here? Okay, let's keep going. Guests are trained by their experiences to look for a central welcome and information center, but here's the catch. Some churches didn't have any such information center, and some churches did have them, but you couldn't find them. What good is a welcome center if you don't know where it is, right? And then some churches have them in good visible locations, but they had no one manning the center, So what happens, guests told us they were hesitant to go to an unmanned welcome center. The church might as well not have an information and welcome center if no one will be there to help the guests. Is that fair? So what do we need volunteers for? The welcome center. To be there. To be there on time. To be there knowing where the different ministries in the church are located. To know how to direct people. To know how to welcome. To know how to greet. Because it's vital Then, the church website is bad. That's the second complaint. Man, I have this all the time. I can't tell you how many churches. I'll hear about a church. I'll look it up. I can't find out where on the planet the church is. How many of you think it would be good to know what state a church is in? Do you think that would be good? Okay, so when you pull up our website, first thing you see is service times and uh, and address. There's a video there that shows some pictures of the church and some of you beautiful people. Nearly all the church guests checked the church website before they attended a worship service. It's important for us to keep the website up. Even if they decided to visit the church after looking at a bad website, they visited the church with a negative disposition. Who are these idiots? I can't tell you how many times I go to a church website and you pull up the church calendar and it's a year old. So the church has done nothing in a year. No, it's just the church website hasn't been updated. It's really important that we keep that up. So this is why we need sight and sounds volunteers. We need people to make sure they just check the website and make sure that the website is right in case something has been missed. We need help with those types of things. All right? This is all part of our first impressions team. The two critical items guests want to see on a church website are the physical address of that church and the times of the services. It's just that basic. Keep in mind this reality. The church website is now the front door of the church. Will guests feel welcome when they come to your front door? So there are certain things that we're going to spend money on as a church. Um, Justin came and said that uh, we're, we're having some trouble with, uh, with, with computers and, and we, may, we got to talk to the guys about getting that updated. Okay, can I make an executive decision? Buy whatever computers you need. Never ask that question again. 
If this stuff doesn't work during a service, boy, we did good saving that money, didn't we? No, we look like idiots to guests who come in. And people are used to audiovisual stuff working well now. Would you all agree with that? It's vital. It's vital. We're going to make sure as a first impression that those things work. All right, so let's let's keep... Do I still look mad? I, I, I feel like I look... Ins- I'm not. I'm. This is passion. All right. You say it's first impressions. You look like a raving lunatic. Work on that. Okay. <laughs> well said. Thank you. Then the church has poor signage. Have you noticed how many signs we have at Grace Baptist now? And you know what? We still don't have enough. There's bathroom signs that need to be put up. There's other things like that that need to happen. And so that's all in the works. That's already been sent to the sign people. I'm waiting for them to get back to me. But the church has poor signage. Reality check. And this was when we were doing our building. We had no signs. And now with the new facility, man, it's like walking through a maze. I want everywhere somebody looks, I want them to have a sign. I want them to know where to go. All right. Then, if you've been attending your church a few weeks, you don't need signage, but guests do. And they get frustrated when they don't have clear directional signage for parking, for the entrance to the worship center, for the children's area, and others. Let me say this. Never point someone somewhere. If they say, where is a restroom or where is the nursery, where is... Walk them to that. Never point. Never, never, never. Well, I have this other job that's so important. It's very important that I hold this piece of paper right here. Do you see how people get stuck in the weeds that you're dealing with a particular assignment rather than a person that's standing in front of you, okay? Then, bad environment. This is, this is huge. Churches have unsafe and unclean children's areas. When we did our new building, some people didn't, they weren't really on board with us also updating the other areas. What I did was I walked through those other areas as if I were a single, I identified as a single mother for a few minutes as I walked through those, those areas, and, man, it was just creepy. The old tile that was on the floor and the dingy paint, even though that we had painted it 20 years ago, that we thought that it was, you know, we, that was good money we spent on that paint. Well, it was 20 years ago. And so I walked through, and no, this can't be. And so it's very important that that they understand that we have clean and safe. So you have a guest and you take them down to the children's area. Point out, every Sunday school class has security cameras. Every place where a child is, there is a security camera with backups that we keep so that your children can be safe. That's a good thing in our age, isn't it? Right? It's all clean. This is why we have rules. This response generated the most emotional comments If your church does not have clear safety and security procedures, and if the children's area does not appear clean and sanitary to the guests, do not expect young families to return to your church. And here's what we say. say, My Sunday school was in the old tower. Where's Tom at? Tom's Sunday school class was in the old tower. Now, honestly, was that a clean, sanitary, safe place? Don't remember. Because... We didn't care. People care about that now. They just do. And so we've got we've to make sure that we're aware of that. That's why all the Sunday school classes, we have a rule that from the hallway, there's not stuff stacked up on your cabinet. There's not stuff stuck in the corners. There's not all kinds of things hung on the walls. If you want to decorate a wall, decorate the wall that you can't see from the hallway. 
Why? Because that clutter is comforting for you. It's disgusting to a guest. They look in and say, can't these people clean? What, what is that? Why is that junk in there? You're saying, it's not junk. Those are my materials. It's junk. Move it to where people can't see it. It needs to be clean. It needs to be neat. It needs to be professional. Amen. All right. There's that raving lunatic again. Indeed, as a word about your children's as word about your children's area grows, do not expect young families to visit for the first time. Yeah, I checked that church out, man. That that looked like Chomo Central downstairs. That's the way people talk. We need to make sure it's clean, it's safe, it's right. Amen. You're saying this is not inspiring. This feels castigating. It'll get inspiring. How about this? Complaint number two, boring or bad church services. Boring sermon. I got to make sure that I'm interesting. I got to work at that. Uh, I, I told our team leaders at our team meeting, when you explain your team, be animated, be excited about it, be inspiring. That is what we have to do. And then bad sound. Bad sound. Praise God. We have, a, we have an amazing sound system here. But we need good guys running it. Has to be. Microphone has to be on. Sound has to be balanced. We need to know all of those things. People complain about, I just preached at a meeting, and it was a very important message that people needed to hear, and a lot of people in the room couldn't understand it because the sound was mixed so terribly. They couldn't understand it. They said, man, that was so good, but I couldn't hear you. And then again, I killed another sound man. Then, too cold, too hot. Too cold, too hot. We have to be careful with that. Anybody cold right now? You're awake, aren't you? All right. <laughs> Bad or showy music. Bad or showy music. Man, I'm just telling you, I can't stand to see weird music in church. And I'm so thankful for the musicians that God has brought us. Wasn't our music a blessing today? And can we always improve? Of course. But I'm just telling you, I love our music at Grace Baptist. But let's make it better. Let's get more of you involved. Let's have more instruments, more singers. Let's have more people participating, more piano players. That's right. More. We need more, 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 more. And it needs to be done well. But then it doesn't need to be showy. You know, is it just weird to see somebody... We're not doing it. We're not doing it. Unprepared ushers. We have two ushers up here. They're going to... We have two ushers. We have, we have some guest packets. Stand up, guys. Unprepared ushers. That's not good. Right? Then. Churches have dirty facilities. Part, and part of this is churches have dirty facilities. You need to make sure they're clean. Praise God, Megan. We pay Megan to clean the building. She does a tremendous job. But if, you know, we have those mints that are out there. How many of you have ever noticed a mint wrapper on the floor? Please pick it up. Let's not leave trash on the floor. That's, that's not someone else's job. If you see something on the floor, pick it up. Let's, first impressions. Let's make sure that it's clean. As a part of the maintenance team, we need somebody who really understands painting. If you just enjoy paint, that's not what we're talking about. If you know how to paint, we need somebody once a month to go through the building and touch up the walls. Make sure that everything is clean and nice and it looks like that, that we care about this facility. 
um, maybe another five years, maybe less, it'll be time to replace the carpet and paint again and do all of that stuff. Why? Because it ages fast. It wears out fast. And when you're living in it, you don't know it. But we have to look at it from the from the perspective of a of a guest. Some of the comments were brutal. It didn't look like any it, like it had been cleaned in a week. No trash cans anywhere. Restrooms were worse than a bad truck stop. Have you heard Jim Gaffigan talk about Waffle House? Have you heard that? He said, "Have you ever been to Waffle House?" He said, "If, if you haven't, think of a truck stop bathroom with food." <laughs> We don't want Grace Baptist to look like that. Now, I like Waffle House. Just so you know, I am a Waffle House person. Um, I know you didn't care, but I was going to tell you that. So restrooms were worse than a bad truck stop. Pews had more stains than a Tide commercial. So a thing for us is, how many of you, that when the chairs are crooked in the auditorium, it really bothers you? Would you raise your hand? Or am I the only person? Good, look at this. Well, then we need a team that makes sure that the chairs are straight. Yes, I'm not alone. You get the picture. A dirty church communicates to the guest, we really don't care. Um, Here's the crisis. We might not be a welcoming church. And don't we have a tremendous facility here that God has given us? Let's make sure that it looks right. And let's make sure that people feel welcome when they bring them in, when we bring it into it. My, My grandmother, I only saw her two or three times in my life. And we went to see her out at her house in California. And she put plastic covers on all of her furniture. How many of you think we felt welcome? Isn't that interesting? So I'm talking about paint the walls. But if somebody messes up a wall while they're here, that that shouldn't... We don't care about that. We're just going to fix it and love the person. Amen? Unless you're, you're a church member and you're moving tables and chairs. And then again, it's firing squad if you bang the door frames. Okay? How many of you, seriously, how many of you understand that balance? Let's take, let's take care of the facility we have and then make people feel welcome, feel welcome while they're here. Um, so are we living this out? The passage we just read, are we living it out? Are we speaking as the oracles of God? Are we ministering with the ability that God has given us? Do we have fervent charity one toward another? Are we living this out? Are we living out 1 Thessalonians 5.26? Let's look at that, 1 Thessalonians 5.26. If I can just, let's read the verse and then I'll I'll talk with you about it. Greet all the brethren with a holy kiss. Now, we don't culturally kiss each other when we meet. And I'm really glad for that. Because honestly, that's just not my thing. But you know what what kind of a kiss this is. If you've ever been to Europe, you don't really kiss. It's just, you know what I'm talking about? Um... But the, but the fact of the command is still the same. Let's greet each other in an affectionate, genuine way. That's, that's what it's talking about. Let's make sure that we're doing that. Are we living it out? Are, are we living out Philippians 2.3? Let's look at Philippians 2.3. Let nothing be done through strife or vain glory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. So what is this talking about? The church service, for, for us, Grace Baptist people, if you're a guest, it is about you. This service is about you. For us, you know, normal, <laughs> wrong word, for us regular attenders, because no one's ever going to call us normal, right? For us regular attenders, if Grace Baptist is your home, it's not about you. 
this service isn't about you. We are here to minister to others. We're here to be fed, but we're also here to minister to others. So are we living that out? So the cure. We must repent of any inhospitable attitudes and become a welcoming church. We must grasp the importance of becoming a welcoming church. We must make the welcoming church a leadership priority. We must gather a team of passionate leaders. We must be willing to change, even frequently. If we're doing something that is offensive to the, to the guests, we've got to change that if it's not effective. We must start giving our guests something to remember about the church. That's good. We must understand the importance of looking in the mirror. How do we look to others? So conclusion, we know Philippians 2. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Jesus made himself of no reputation. Jesus took upon him the form of a servant. Jesus became obedient unto death, even unto the death of the cross. Those are the kind of believers we need to be. We were saved by a hospitable, welcoming Savior. Amen? Man, he loves us. We are called to be like him. We are called to be a welcoming church. This is our first impressions. This is what we are to do. Now, how many of you can see? And I understand that that presentation could have come across as a little negative. Um, we need to understand how we can be viewed by people as they come in. We, we, you just don't know what you look like. So I love to play golf, and I'll watch a, a golf video, an instructional video that will tell you how to do something. And so it, you move your body this way, take the club back this way, shift your weight this way, whatever. And I think I'm doing that until somebody videos my swing, and I look like an octopus falling out of a tree. And the video is what shows me when I see, I think I look one way. And then I actually see. That's why the Bible tells you. Some people look in the mirror and they walk away changing nothing. You look in the mirror and you find out you've been eating Oreos. And you have this black all over your teeth. And you look at it and you go, oh, okay. And you walk out like that. The, the purpose of the mirror is not to affirm your disgustingness. The purpose of the mirror is so you can be more presentable. Is that right? It's to show you. Let's look at our church. Let's make sure that we are the most welcoming church because the, the next ministries that we're going to be talking about is outreach, evangelism, discipleship. We want to go out and bring people in, but we must be ready for them when they get here. If we had a bunch of guests come next week, are we ready for them? This is what this ministry is about. So everybody stand up. I want you team leaders to get to your tables. You team leaders get to your tables. Maureen's going to play some music. I didn't warn her of this, but she's going to play something. Maybe some Al Joplin. Um, so here's what I want to do. We have, we have five teams that we need people to sign up for. We have ushers. Where's the usher table? Somebody wave at me. Where's the usher table? Okay, guys, I need you guys to get to your tables. We're failing immediately. Jet's in the nursery. Okay. So Chad is at the usher table. Dave, we need you at the security team. All right.
All right, usher team right over here. Chad, wave your hand if you want to be an usher and help with that. We need you to head to that table. If you want to help with the security team, and really the only qualification for the security team is you need to be a member of Grace Baptist and you need to have your concealed carry. So, And if you don't have your concealed carry, Dave's going to be doing another concealed carry training, so go ahead and sign up. We're going to, we need people for the uh, security team. And then maintenance team, building maintenance team. If you have any experience with mechanicals, things like furnaces and, and that type of thing, electrical, painting, uh, flooring, any kind of carpentry, any of that, we need you on this team desperately. So, uh, and Joe, wave your hand, building maintenance team. We need people to help with that. Then Jerry is the grounds team. We need extra people to help with leaves this year, but we need some regulars. Dr. Ree, Dr. Ree, how many years have you been mowing the, the grass? 40 years. He's been, we have the most overqualified grass cutter in the world, Dr. Ree. And um, we just need help. So Dr. Ree doesn't need to be doing all of the weeds and caring for all of those things. And Jerry is overseeing every bit of it now. And so we just need help. We need help. So if you want to help with the grounds team, Jerry, wave your hand so everybody knows where you are. And then greeters. We always need greeters. And remember, you all smiled. That means you're qualified. Don't have to be a church member. You don't, there are no qualifications for this other than breath mints. You just need to, you just need to be able to greet people. So we need people to sign up to each of these. And so what I want you to do right now, Jim is greeters, Jerry is grounds, Joe is building and maintenance, Dave is security, Jet is usher. We found Jet Blackford. He's there. He was actually serving in the nursery, so I'm glad that he's back up here for this. Your children are alone. Um, So Jet is over here. So Maureen's going to start playing. Go sign up. We need you. Go sign up.